You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. 160 businesses have left downtown Seattle since last March due to crime and violence. This is not a new story. This is an old story, but we are now kind of focusing on, oh, this is actually, this is here. This is happening. What? 160 businesses. What does leadership in Seattle have to say about this? That's right. Nothing. Let's jump on into it. I have a trifecta of stories for you today. You're not going to want to miss this. Before we jump on in, if you're new here, thanks for being here. My name's Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I read the news that you want to hear. All right, let's jump on in. More businesses flee Seattle because of crime and violence. At least 160 businesses have left the city since last March. And I did a podcast on this story, and it's kind of bringing to, to, it's highlighting the fact, and there's some really good quotes, TR International, a global chemical distributor, is moving from its home of more than two decades in downtown Seattle, crossing the county line to neighboring Edmonds. The company is one of at least 160 businesses that have left Seattle since March. While some of the companies that have left Seattle are due to the coronavirus pandemic, Business leaders have said that much of it could be traced back to a sense that no one is minding the store in Seattle anymore, and a lack of accountability from city leaders. Nobody's minding the store, city leaders silent, silent throughout this whole thing. Just nothing, mum's the word. What? There's nothing going on. There's nothing happening here. What? Huh, everything is peachy. Seattle's doing fine. People love Seattle. People love downtown. I mean, that has literally been what people have been saying. And I see this story more and more where, where are you going to go? California leadership. Where are they going to go? New York leadership. People aren't going to leave New York. That's what they come here for. Well, guys, guess what? Seattle, it's pretty obvious they are a leaving. They're leaving, packing their bags and leaving. Business is not quite that easy, but they are leaving. TR International CEO Megan Gluth Bowen said the decision to leave was easy. She cited ongoing violence along with rampant homelessness and drug use. This is a CEO, multinational corporation, just kind of laying it out there. Downtown started off as a vibrant place to be. Over time, we became embarrassed, she said. Gluth Bond said the company's most female workforce, mostly female workforce, simply didn't feel safe downtown anymore. And I would have to say that most male workforces, you're not going to feel safe either. I'm I'm a pretty big guy. I'm six foot one. I weigh anywhere from 200 to 225 pounds, depending on how little or <laughs> uh, much exercise I get. And um, I've taken a walk through downtown Seattle. I did not feel safe. And I was in directly these corridors that people are talking about. And you just get that creepy, like urban, who's following me? Who's looking at me? Am I going to get robbed feeling? And nobody wants that. And I'm not a small guy. I am not the kind of guy you'd go, I'll take him down that dark alley. No. And so when I don't feel comfortable, I can only imagine what other people feel that are more vulnerable, standing at those bus stops where you're looking around going, okay, who's got a gun? Who's got a knife? Who is high as a kite and has no responsibility for their actions? What is going to happen? That's how you feel in these downtown areas, right? 
We had one female employee chased into a Starbucks, Gluth Bowen said. Business partners coming in from meetings were dodging human fecal matter. Yep, dodging human fecal matter. That is not a plus. Hey, come to, come to downtown Seattle. We'll have this game that we call dodging human fecal matter. And then we'll go out to lunch. All right. I mean, this is going to be a great time. And homeless and, and dodging homeless people on the sidewalk, you just got tents lining up and down the sidewalk, right? You don't want to have to have your out of town guests or business partners dealing with that kind of thing. It's just a no go. We had an employee paying for parking after work, she had her driver's side window down while working the parking machine and somebody attempted to enter her car. Not safe. That's not the look you want for your business. We need to attack this emergency and this public health crisis on our streets now, said John Scholes. He's the CEO of the Downtown Seattle Association, the DSA. You're hearing from them more and more often, but I think it's just going to take an enormous amount of people being vocal about this. And I've been very vocal about this because I think up until this point, people are like, ah, yeah, it's going to be okay. You know, big city crime, you know, it's all right. I mean, this, this, this isn't that bad. It's pretty bad. It's gotten pretty bad. Shoal said the city needs to start prosecuting rioters and street criminals who have made downtown increasingly unlivable in recent years. Let's look at that again. Prosecuting rioters, and street criminals. All right, I am all for that. When are we going to get some laws that make a lot of this stuff? In the third article I'm going to read today, when are we going to get some laws that make this so just not an option that people are going to stop doing it? I don't know. Is that going to happen? Probably not. I'm probably just talking to a brick wall here. Not you guys, but the brick wall of reasonableness in Seattle. And these other cities where they're like, ah, it's okay. This is fine. We're okay with this. Dodge that human fecal matter. He pointed to the deafening silence from city officials after a destructive inauguration day march through Seattle that damaged multiple storefronts. Three people were arrested. And I am guessing they're right back out in the streets, maybe doing what caused the third news news story I'm going to read to you in just a little bit here. So keep that in mind deafening silence from city officials. And yet we had one, Gonzalez said, I'm pro-business. Well, you might be saying that, but everything that you have done leads everybody else to believe you're not pro-business. You're quiet. You are silent on the matter. Deafening silence. Seattle was on today's show and the whole nation heard the silence of our elected leaders. Those rioters that came down and broke things got the last word. Scholl said, they're going to keep coming back. That is going to hold back recovery, small businesses reopening, employers bringing back office jobs. It's just unacceptable. We need to send a much clearer message to the city. And that's a lot of why I do these podcasts, right? Is to get some action going. It's like, you can't have this in a major metropolitan area. And yet we do. And you know what we do? We just look the other way. Mm, You know, Hopefully it'll get better. Let's spend millions and millions more dollars. We'll do some reimagining. We'll do some rethinking. And, you know, maybe maybe we'll get somewhere down the road. I'm not sure. In the meantime, geez, we should probably get out of here. This is not a good neighborhood to have our business. This is not, this is not where we want to be. Seattle's problem has grown aggressive, Gluth Bowen said. It's everywhere. And there does not seem to be any effort to curb it, stop it, or slow it. And that's kind of the way I see it as well. It's like, this is out of control. 
and there are no breaks, and there is no end game in sight. It's just, this is how it's going to go. Meantime, TR International just dropped 4 million, four big ones on their new headquarters in Edmonds, which is just to the north of Seattle, half an hour, 40 minute drive, two hour drive and bad traffic, right? And is pumping another 500,000 into the local economy for renovations in Edmonds away from downtown Seattle, away from the dodge the human fecal matter game. And Megan Gluth Bohan isn't looking back. I looked out my window the other day, and there were four deer that went by. I thought, that's a difference right there. Okay, it is. But you can, you're not going to have deer in downtown. We all know that. But I get what she's saying. Hey, got deer out here. This is pretty cool. But then, you know, other business partners would say, yeah, but we're like, really far away from the airport. And this is kind of out here, but maybe for their business, it works. And I think for a lot of businesses, they are reimagining and rethinking getting the heck out of downtown Seattle. I think that's what they're doing. All right, let's jump into the second one here. This is from Jason Rance. Let's see what Jason Rance has to say, because this storyline is pretty common. Seattle on life support. Here's why businesses and residences are fleeing. The mayor and city council remain silent on the worsening crisis. They're going to have to come out and say something. Guess what? They're just going to tell us a bunch of lies because they're going to try and convince us, oh, we have been working on solutions for this all along. Here's what we got. We got some reimagining. We got some rethinking over here. But really, no, no hard action. There's going to be no hard action. Not for a long time. Plagued by surging violent crime and uncontrollable homelessness, Seattle business owners have had it. That's, that's a dramatic lead in there, Jason. That's some strong words. They're getting out of town before their employees or customers are seriously injured. Residents are following suit. Seattleites are being chased by aggressive, mentally ill, homeless people. Professionals are dodging, there we go, dodging human waste on sidewalks as they walk to business meetings. Antifa riots are still destroying storefronts, deadly overdoses are surging, and police are leaving the hamstrung department in historic numbers. Now, when you put it that way, it doesn't make Seattle sound all that enticing, does it? Hey, where do you want to go? Seattle? Ooh, no. How about Portland? Jeez, what are you thinking there? Now, let's go to Miami. That's where I'm kind of thinking. I want to go to Miami. I'm going to go to Hawaii here soon, but Miami. Miami is on my very short list. That's on my radar. A little South Beach action. Oh. Seattle is on life support while the mayor and city council remain silent on the worsening crisis. A rash of business closures have hit Seattle threatening the city's COVID recovery. In downtown Seattle alone, over 160 businesses have currently closed their doors, according to a new report. It's created an office vacancy rate of 12%, a five-year high. While area activists blame COVID, the business people leaving are clear with their motivations. So we're talking about Gluth Bohan again, uh, and they moved to Edmonds. She's saying, these people, because they're poverty-stricken or drug addicts or whatever you want to call it, city leaders are allowing them to get away with whatever they want to do. Mason McDermott of Car Tender told me on my Seattle-based uh, talk radio show. I believe Car Tender was in the, it was a business uh, just on the periphery of CHOP, and he had to move his business, but that was a relocation deal. But that guy got rocked. 
brutal. He and his father grew tired of the city's fringe politics, especially after their automotive repair shop was caught in the middle of the deadly Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, with radicals threatening to burn it to the ground if they didn't do as they said. They moved their business 10 miles north to shoreline Washington. So you've got some real direct examples of people getting the heck out of Dodge. Simply Seattle owner Jamie Munson closed his downtown location to focus on e commerce. He reached his breaking point. A string of break ins, bricks through our windows, people coming in just in broad daylight with big groups taking armloads of gear, he complained, hard to operate and keep our, our staff safe at the same time. These complaints aren't new, but are growing louder as the city still reels from the inauguration day riot by Antifa agitators. The mob burned American flags, vandalized offices of ICE agents, and the federal immigration, immigration court and destroyed the storefronts of businesses, including the original Starbucks at iconic Pike Place Market. Downtown business groups released a joint statement demanding city politicians immediately denounce these extremists. Public officials must send a strong message that these assaults, hate speech, and property crime aren't welcome in Seattle, and those who take part will be held accountable. Now, when the downtown business groups did that, they basically said, hey, we need our politicians to denounce this. You know what the politicians said? Yeah, we, 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 we didn't get that memo. We, we didn't, I didn't hear that. Well, it was all over the major media. I did a podcast on it. What are you doing? You live in Seattle, politicians. You work in Seattle, politicians. What are you doing? I'd say not much. I'd say they're definitely not doing their job. They, they're doing a job that they think is their job, but you got to get this squared away. City parks are overrun with aggressive homeless people in tents surrounded by trash, needles, and human waste. Keep going back to human waste, right? Do you want to see human waste in your downtown parks? I really don't. And in the meantime, I'm not going there. And guess what? A lot of other people with businesses, people who actually bring in tax dollars, they're not takers. They're not politicians who talk a lot and say they're pro-business. They're actually business leaders who bring business in. They create tax dollars from their revenue that they give to the city. They create jobs. They increase. This is not, this is, this is business 101. This is econ 101. And the look that Seattle has, mm, that is not a good look. The demand was ignored. Instead, the council plowed ahead, making the situation worse. In fact, all of last year, the council ignored the city's problems and tripled down on the very policies that put Seattle in its precarious position. They passed legislation handcuffing police responses to the very kinds of rallies that turn into the inauguration day mob the businesses complained about. Council member Lisa Herbold is drafting a poverty defense. We've talked about that a lot, which effectively legalizes most misdemeanor crimes if the suspect is either homeless or an addict. Council member Teresa Mosqueda spearheaded a potentially crippling payroll tax during a pandemic that just took effect. It's like, what are you guys doing? Do you have any clue how business runs? It doesn't look like you do. As business le businesses leave, residents follow. The Downtown Seattle Association reports a staggering 10.4% apartment vacancy rate. So we got 12% commercial rate, 10% apartment vacancy rate, with downtown losing 1,594 apartment households in 2020. 
It's hard to justify paying high rents in Seattle with exploding crime and homelessness, especially when you can't enjoy amenities like parks that residents pay high taxes to maintain. So I just had one of my real estate brokers, he just rented a place in uh, kind of North Belltown, which is it's downtown. And I, I asked him, Hey, you know, are you comfortable with what's going on in the streets down there? Are you aware? And he's aware. One of my kids, my oldest kid moved out from lower Queen Anne, which is kind of on the peripheral of the northern end of uh, downtown Seattle. And he couldn't wait to get out of there and move to Bellevue. You know, enough of the the homeless people sleeping in the his porch that he had to walk over to get, get out to his car in the street, which was probably vandalized, you know, multiple times. Street, you know, uh, out on the street, you've just got needles, hypodermic needles. That's just a common sight. You can see that in one of my videos on Denny Park. It's like I got out of my car. Oh, look, hey, they're in the street in the curb. There's a needle. That's what we're doing. And these aren't for penicillin, right? Let's be clear. At Miller Park in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood, the city officials refused to intervene in a growing encampment. Now, Miller Park is where all the homeless went from from uh, Cal Anderson Park in CHOP. Used needles are strewn everywhere with car break-ins as frequent as fights. It's gotten so bad that the Seattle Youth Soccer Association stopped using the park over safety concerns. Meanwhile, Seattle's murder rate rose in an astonishing 61% in 2020, its highest number of homicides in 26 years. And with a surge in rapes, January already registered 29 cases. People are feeling scared. Seattle is the harbinger for Washington. As I say on my radio show, bad policies of Seattle always spread. And they have. With one party control in the state legislature and governor's office, Democrats have pushed forward with a number of radical bills. One decriminalizes hard drugs, effectively legalizing them, adopting the same permissive policy, crushing Seattle. Another takes Seattle's approach of offering endless chances to criminals by mandating courts ignore juvenile crimes of adult defendants when sentencing. Mimicking Seattle's insatiable appetite to tax, a so-called wealth tax, tax, it hits the state's uber wealthy. Plus, there's the gas tax that could add up to a buck per gallon and a capital gains tax, all while the state tries to recover from the pandemic. Yeah, this is some crazy stuff going on. We're starting to see signs that residents are willing to leave as the Seattle creep hits other Washington cities. In U-Haul's annual migration report, Washington went from the fifth most desired place to live to number 36. To fall that far, people must be escaping. North American Moving Services saw the ratio of customers moving into versus out of Washington at 49 versus 51%. Billionaire businessman Peter Rex moved his tech firm to Austin, Texas because Washington was hostile to the principles and policies that enable people to live abundantly in the broadest sense. He also cited the autonomous zone behind his decision. Yeah, it's like, what city in the U.S. just basically has the mayor dictate, well, let's give up that police department headquarters. You guys don't really need that, do you? You're in the East Precinct. Let's shut the East Precinct down. Give it over to the violent rioters. You guys can all go work out of the West Precinct. We'll just double up there for a little while. That's literally what happened, right? Joey Rodolfo made a similar move. Sick of the region's love affair with socialist policies, he moved the luxury sports company he co-founded 38 years ago to Tucson, Arizona. 
As is often the case, the writing's on the wall. We see the crisis, we see residents flee, and we see victim data pile up. Unfortunately, we still see politicians ignoring the issues, pushing ideologically driven policies that will only make the situation worse. That's kind of what we're doing. Now, some of this stuff in here, it might be a little bit dramatic, it might be a little over the top. But for the most part, these are accurate stories. I've I've done podcasts on segments of all of these stories. And guess what? They are happening on the daily. It's not like we're just making this stuff up. Hey, Sean, what about that podcast? Ah, oh, well, you know, I, I took a little liberty there. And I just made up stories. And we're all good, right? We're right. I mean, no, these are stories that are in major media. And our leadership in Seattle is guess what, ignoring them. They'll have to start to talk about it pretty soon. They're going to have to. Because, I mean, it is such an enormous elephant in the room. All right, let's go on to the next one here. And this is, this is the actual crime that we're talking about that is happening consistently. All right, downtown Nordstrom display windows valued at more than $50,000 each, $50,000 each were smashed on Sunday. This is downtown Seattle. Glass entrance doors and nine display windows running the entire length of the ground floor at Nordstrom flagship downtown store. Nordstrom is from Seattle. This is their flagship store. They were damaged Sunday night, likely with a hammer, police said Monday. Officers reported arriving at the scene at around 9.45 p.m. after dealing with multiple protests early in the evening around the south end of the city. Though the report did not say whether the vandalism was connected to the protests, Mm, highly likely that it was, right? Yeah, yeah, run your protest over here and you send another group over here. Guess what? You're not going to catch the guys over here doing the real criming, right? In the redacted report, the larger window panes were valued at somewhere between fifty dollars and $70,000 a piece due to their thickness and a protective film that internally self-adheres after strikes or damage by an individual who was na- whose name was blacked out. Fifty to seventy thousand dollars. How many times has this ha- happened in Nordstrom? Are they claiming this on their insurance policies? Probably not, because guess what? After a while, insurance companies and I've done that story too. Insurance companies in in downtown areas, they are saying, "Yeah, we'll insure you." Let's see, you've had a couple of claims here. We'll insure you, and they jack up their rates four four times, five times, ten times, or they just simply don't renew. Yeah, where's your store? Lo- oh, whew, downtown Seattle. Good Lord. Hey, Bill, are we still insuring downtown Seattle? Are we still are we still insuring in downtown Port? Oh, we're not. I'm sorry, we're no longer able to insure there. And that's literally what's going on right now. The 911 call was generated by alarm activation, the report noted. The damaged glass door and the windows all along the store's Fifth Avenue side remained largely intact because of the added film. And that's why they're so damn expensive. But were extremely fragile when touched or uh, touched or jostled, the report said. It said the damaged doors were no longer secure and the only thing keeping people out of the store was a large metal sliding door just inside the glass doors. The report described the vandalism as malicious mischief in the first degree. On January 23rd, interim police chief Adrian Diaz announced that those who destroy property during street protests will be arrested and prosecuted under a tighter new policy coordinated with city attorney 
Pete Holmes. Now, Pete Holmes, he hasn't prosecuted anybody, hardly anybody. He's just like, ah, you're a peaceful protester. Yep, out. Let's go. Don't clog up the courts. That's the bottom line here. We just, we love our fellow human beings so much, we're willing to let them blow off a little steam with a hammer and break a whole bunch of windows valued at between fifty dollars and $70,000. I say we put those people on a work camp and let them work off the fifty dollars to $70,000. What do you think about that? Put them on a payment plan. Hey, you did this damage. That's okay. But you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to pay. Let's see how that goes. That would never work. It's too logical. When we don't have any form of accountability for people and many of them that are coming from outside the city, they will continue to do that destruction. And we can't have that interim police chief Diaz said, a voicemail and emails to Nordstrom for comment were not returned because they are so tired of dealing with this nonsense. They're just trying to run a business. And some jerk off is just taking a hammer and bashing out the windows. That does absolutely nothing. It, it, it just does nothing. It's kind of like Antifa, you know, pushing a big, huge, three foot tall pile of snow at the the exit of the Seattle Police Department East Precinct. So the cops couldn't get out during a snowstorm we just had. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous, at least the snow you can move. But these windows in downtown Nordstrom, that has a, a trickle down effect. Because when this happens to big, big businesses, it's happening to small businesses too. We already know 160 of them are leaving. How many more are going to have to leave? And then city officials will go, huh, our tax base is way down. God, how did that happen? Where's our tax revenue? Oh, man. We need to entice more businesses to come. You know what they'll do? They'll do nothing and they will just say, hey, we're pro-business. We're pro-business. We want you to come on in. It's, it's kind of like saying one thing, but then the whole apparent story and all of the actual actions are another, which is total indifference to all this going on to small and big business in downtown Seattle. So Elected officials, you guys got to do something because otherwise I'm just going to keep reading these stories. Jason Rance is going to keep doing it on his podcast, his thing. And um, we're all just going to go, what are you guys doing? For now, you're doing uh, nothing. That's what you got going on. Nothing. And that's, that's, that's a horrible, terrible thing because this is a tough time for these businesses as it is. How long was Nordstrom shut down for at the beginning because they're retail? of the whole coronavirus thing, a ton, how many millions of dollars did they lose a ton. And I'm not a lover of big corporate. That's not my gig. I'm a small business guy. So when you see these stories about big business, you know, the same damn things happening to small business. It's just they don't have a voice. And that's why a lot of what I cover here is small business, the little guy getting shanked, because he's just trying to make a living and politicians running the policies of his area his and or her area, let's be correct. They're they're getting hosed. Small business, big business, everybody's getting hosed. And what are we doing about it? Mm, we are reimagining and rethinking something. I'm not really sure what. But what I do know is as the storyline continues, I'm going to bring it to you right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for being here. This story is just such a continuation of so many other podcasts I've done, it just becomes kind of silly. After a while, you're like, Oh, okay, another break in another peaceful protest gone sideways. Hmm. Okay, well, let's see what uh, Seattle leadership is saying today. Huh? 
crickets. Crickets. All right, you guys, I'm done. I'm out of here. We'll catch up with you guys in the next one. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.